Hi everybody, this is Vincent Jacob and you're on my podcast, Hanging on Sunset. How do you feel, little sunsetters? Are you feeling a little chilly? I know Thanksgiving's passed and now we're headed to Christmas and in LA it's a little chilly right now. It feels good actually. A little rain, a little cold, but stay safe because in LA right now it's flu season again and COVID season again, so be careful. During a flight from Paris the other day, my friend David, who's also the owner of our new label, Team Nowhere, listened to the podcast. And when he landed, he called me and said, I figured out what you're doing with the podcast. Of course, I was curious and I inquired, what is it that I am doing with this podcast? What do you think? And with his usual wit, he replied, this is not just an interview, it's a rock and roll psychoanalysis. I laughed a lot, but in retrospect, I think he's right. As an interviewer, I'm always interested in the musical journeys of the artists I speak with. However, I'm also curious about our stories as artists, because I think there's a link between personal history and art. The way I see it, art is a chemical reaction that is formed by our upbringing, our environments, private and public, as well as the things that happen in the world. So by asking my interviewers their personal stories, I tried to unfold what led to the creation of their own art. My experience has shown that it begins even before they are born, more often than not. Cosmo Gold are my guests today. And their story traces back to Emily Gold's grandparents. Emily is the singer of the band, and her grandmother was the singer Marnie Nixon, who famously dubbed Natalie Wood's singing part in West Side Story, and Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. Her grandfather, Ernest Gold, was an Austrian-born composer who won an Academy Award for his work on the movie Exodus. That's quite a musical heritage. And in Emily's case, her music is even more closely tied to her dad's, Andrew Gold. He was not only a talented musician, but also a passionate ufologist, which, as we'll see, had a significant impact on the music of Cosmo Gold. Cosmo Gold embraces Andrew's musical freedom and sci-fi appetite. Their debut album, Krong, is a space odyssey, a pop space odyssey, and also a concept album about a friendly alien who abducted the band and taught them the secret to peaceful civilization. That's what they claim. And the band is grateful to Krong for teaching them the virtue of doubt. And in a world of self-confidence, entitlement, and where feelings take place of facts, it seems wise-ended. Yes, I know, I sound like a psychoanalyst again, but uh, we must be doing something good because as I checked my Spotify wrapped, I realized that our podcast now is in the top 15% of podcasts streamed in the world. You know, I knew that we grew a lot this year and I knew things were doing well, but this was really, you know, good surprise. And I just can't thank you enough for following us, listening to us and, you know, care about the artist, the indie artist that we interview and talk to. All right, enough talked and let's do the show now with Emily Gold and Mike DeLucia from Cosmo Gold. 
recording? Let's go. See? All right. You ready? <laughs> ready. Hi, everyone. This is Vincent Jacob, and you're on my podcast, Hanging on Sunset. Sorry, I'm just moving around the mic. <laughs> it wasn't placed very well. So, today I have the pleasure to have Cosmo Gold on the podcast and I'm very very happy to have Emily with me today and Mike two of the three members of the band is that correct yes yeah hello okay <laughs> and a special kudos to all of you two because you drove <laughs> a long time in the LA traffic to come here that's right uh, thank you so much and Mike you were on a plane just yes like just an hour ago <laughs> came straight from the airport Okay. And feeling good, yeah. Well, that's for having Thank us. you so much. That means a lot. <laughs> so, uh, your band, Cosmo Gold, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah. Cosmo Gold? Cosmo Gold. Elevated Alternative Pop. Is that okay if I say that? Yeah. Um, the band formed in 2019, so it's pretty still new. And uh, uh, what, what, are, what are you doing in the band, respectively? Can you tell me? Yeah, um, I play uh, guitar and keys and bass in the live band, um, and I sing. All right, and you, Mike? Um, so I play drums, but we, yeah, so we have this new live set where I'm playing guitar and bass and keys as well. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so I've, uh, we, we kind of all wear a lot of the hats. Yeah. In the band. That's pretty cool. And um, singing as well now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you have a, an album coming, debut album, yes. right? That's correct. Wrong. Yes. Krong. That's going to be out on November 11th. Mm -hmm. So, and I got the immense pleasure to listen to it last night. Awesome. And, uh, I loved it. Thank you. And it's Thank uh, you. a journey, and it's made to be a journey because mm -hmm. it's like a concept album. Yeah. And then it's actually taking us to uh, somewhere else than the planet we live in, which is pretty cool right now, given yeah. what's <laughs> happening in the world. We need a, a little escape. Yeah, that was kind <laughs> of the motivation. It was like escapism for us when we started writing it in the pandemic and then um, you know, we kind of went deeper and deeper into that uh, make-believe world as we went along. So, all right, escapism gonna, is totally the theme. We're gonna dig into that later, but first, like uh, like I always do, I want to start in the early beginning of your lives <laughs> and right. see um, before the band even existed. Like, uh, what uh, was your first musical memory, or what drove you to? be a musician and uh, maybe we can start with you Emily yeah um well I it's hard to even pinpoint like my the beginning of a musical journey for myself just because I come from a pretty musical family um my my dad was a musician my grandparents were musicians and so I just kind of always grew up around it um my dad had a recording studio in the house um so literally there's photos of me in diapers, like sitting at a drum set or like at a recording console. So it was just always something that I was around. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. You're being a, a little humble right now, but I think your grandpa won an Academy Award he did, yeah. for a score for a movie, right? For Exodus, Exodus. yeah. Exodus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and your grandma, she was a singer too. Yeah, you did your research. You oh yeah, did. <laughs> And she's 
actually I, I was mind blown when I read that she was the voice of Natalie Wood in uh, West Side Story which yep. is my favorite movie ever oh amazing yeah I didn't know that you didn't know that I know. yeah so I knew wow. that some of the voices were dubbed yeah and that the actors we see in it's the... all Marnie Nixon my grandmother wow <laughs> yeah My Fair Lady The King and I that's oh all gosh. her that's that's amazing so yes there's a big uh, like a uh, family thread of musicians yeah the, yeah the and then so my particular you know I so I grew up doing a lot of um like performance and choir and um all that and I wanted to be a singer and then I kind of um yeah it was kind of like a a windy road to kind of finally get to the place where I wanted to write songs and perform and That, but yeah it started great. early and when when was the first time you ever wrote a song how old were you um the first song that i can remember writing was when i was 14 and it was called purple skies <laughs> which is actually basically krong yeah. <laughs> <I was gonna say. laughs> but it was like this really sad like piano so i didn't really play piano but it was just like i remember it went Purple skies is what I see when I close my eyes. Something, something that never lie in the purple sky, which is like very almost like it's, capi- it's, it's almost kind of like again. a because I I was raised Jewish and it almost sounds like something you would sing in like temple or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like a like a Jewish folk song melody to it. But yeah, so that was my first song. It, it's purple it skies. Was already escapism to another place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Purple yeah. skies. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You should put it as like a like. You know, like we should do like a B side. Yeah, we should, yeah, we should revisit that. Deluxe version of the record. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so what about you, Mike? When did you start um, music and all these instruments? Yeah. So I I don't come from a musical family, but um, I have uh, an older brother. He's eight years older than me, and he uh, is a great guitar player. One of the one of the best I know to this day, and. Um, I used to just sit outside of his room, you know, when he was a teenager and I was, you know, just a kid and just listen for hours, just sitting outside of his door, like, what's he playing? And um, I, first grade, I, I begged my parents to get me a drum set. So I got a drum set in first, first grade. grade. Wow. Yeah. And then um, my cousin, I remember, poked holes in the heads. And I got really oh my God. mad, and I couldn't play it anymore. So that was like a year, and then I took a break from music. And then in fourth grade, I uh, played the violin in the school band. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't know. I played cello. Oh, sick. We should. We should think about <laughs> bringing think that back. We should yeah. do a For orchestral, the yeah, yeah. Deluxe, version. Yeah. Yes. We got more ideas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're idea people, so. Uh, Put oh, it yeah. in the idea yes. bank for later. I, I can tell, and I, that's what I love about your band because you're like it's a, like the we sense of freedom. Oh yeah, yeah. freedom is any idea is a good idea. It's all valid and <laughs> Well, and you can't you're able to do it, and even in the visuals, and but we'll we'll get into that. Because right. I'm very interested in how you you made those videos and stuff because that's pretty cool too. Thank you. Cool. So, fourth grade violin. Fourth grade violin. I played in the orchestra in school until like uh, I switched to stand up bass nice. in eighth grade. And then I played that until like sophomore year of high school. 
then I started getting into more, you know, rock band mm -hmm. instruments. I played bass guitar. I learned uh, Seven Nation Army on guitar in <laughs> seventh grade. And that was kind of the start. And then, you know, I grew up in like suburban New Jersey. And so we would just, oh. we would, you know, play music in kids' basements and oh, all cool. that kind of, like all through high school, just kind of like parties in basements with bands playing yeah pretty much and mo mo not even parties the just kind of like that was like the thing to do because we we didn't really have that much going on there was no venues there's no anything there so we you know i played like we would play at the high school and mm -hmm. we would play in basements and then i didn't re-pick up drums though until like junior year of high school I was like 17 and I had been in bands all throughout high school and then you know it's the classic thing of like there's no drummer and then I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was like all right I guess I'll give uh, it a try and then um, yeah and then I first was playing time since first grade pretty much yeah wow yeah. <laughs> so and then um, yeah played drums pretty much as my primary instrument ever since then wow yeah That's pretty cool. And when did you move out to LA? So I came out here um, when I was 18. Okay. Yeah, I actually went to college um, at LMU, uh -huh. a little down the street from here. Um, and I was playing music there, but not that much. I was, I had always kind of told myself, like, I, I just want to play for fun. Like, I don't want to get involved in the music business. Mm. Um, but then I just kept playing and playing and then I was just like this is what I want to do so and you you were born and raised in LA um, I was born in London actually oh. my mom's British okay and my dad was from California they met in London and had me and then pretty much immediately came to LA after though okay so you were I grew up here yeah you grew up here okay. mm -hmm. and yeah. well on the East Coast as well we we were in uh, LA then we went to Connecticut and then Um, I actually joined a like a pop girl group oh, really? uh, when I was 14 and so I moved back my parents had split dad came back to like a professional LA. yeah <laughs> like we played it? at that oh no <laughs> no can we find it oh I don't think so I think it's been scrubbed from the internet but uh I I'm only now in a place where I openly talk about it because it was <laughs> a little cringy not like traumatic oh, okay. just like not like a bad like It was bad, but not like that. <laughs> like, it was just okay, more, like cool. cringy. Um, All no. above board. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it doesn't. But no, we played. Concept. But it was like we played at the El Rey. Like it, we had oh. like a big yeah. So it was like kind of a big deal for a hot minute, and then uh, yeah. So moved back to LA for that. Wow. So that's your first experience as a musician. That was my first like stage. professional. Well, kind of my yeah on stage. Yeah, <laughs> I had done some other professional work before yeah. that can you elaborate or yeah not? my um so well my first ever album credits were my dad wrote an album called halloween howls and uh -huh. actually one of the songs uh recently went like mega viral the on tiktok scary, scary, scary skeletons <laughs> um and so that album um he like my dad was a musical genius and like everything he did he committed like 100% to it so even this silly little Halloween Howls album he like produced to the max like had all these all of his like famous musician friends play on it and so my first um experience Andrew Gold, Andrew Gold yeah no, so no um my first recording experience was actually singing 
Ghostbusters on, so I screamed Ghostbusters when I was, uh, was like five years old. Well, in the actual song? <laughs> Not on the original, oh, okay. the Ray Parker Jr. song. Um, but, uh, no, on the Andrew Gold version, my first professional, uh, album credits. And then I also, my family friend had a franchise called, um, uh, Sugar Beats, which was kind of like, do you know, like Kids Bop? Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was like their like competitor, oh. <laughs> Sugar Beats, and I sang some stuff on one of their well, albums. You've been as well. in the business forever. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and when yeah. did you guys meet? Um, we met in like 27, 17, 16, 17. Probably 17, yeah. Well, I think six. The first time I met you at the Fillmore. I met you at the Fillmore. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, Yeah. I was living there at the time. Yeah, um, and my um my now ex was uh, playing in his band that he plays in now, Valley Queen. Um, and they were playing a show at the Fillmore, and we went up there, and yeah, Mike had a joint that I smoked and I got way too high. <laughs> and that was the first time first I met Mike. been friends ever since. Yep. Good way to go. Yeah. You gotta freak out together. To, yeah, that's how I learned that cool. Mike has really strong weed <laughs> and handle. <laughs> so you're in the band Valley Queen. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, Neil, who um, Emily was just talking about, we met at LMU, actually. He was my like neighbor in the dorms freshman year. We had competing bands in college, and then um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm yeah. learning cool. just as he much. He had a band <laughs> called Mojo Stone. We had a band called Major Large. What killer names? <laughs> uh, we competed in the battle of bands. My band won, even though their band was like more successful. Way more successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last and then so that band turned into Valley Queen okay and then um, I moved to San Francisco I was doing some bands up there playing just mostly local kind of shows and then um, basically one day like Neil I don't know if he called me or like I saw it on the internet but they were parting ways with their drummer and um gonna start making their debut record and they needed a drummer and I was kind of over San Francisco at the time it was just yeah you know San Francisco we can talk about it it's it's an interesting place but I was done living there pretty much uh and I was like let me try out for the band and move down to LA. And oh then, wow, that's cool. So uh, yeah, we I moved down to LA and and we made a record. It's called Super Giant and uh, and it's a pretty successful band, Valley Queen. Yeah, we've done a lot of touring. I mean, we haven't done too much since the pandemic hit, but we have a we have another record coming out in. Um, it'll start to come out early next year. Cool, like singles and stuff. Uh, yeah, we released one single from it back in April. It's called Falling. And then uh, the whole record, Court of Sympathy, should be out April this coming year. Yeah. Nice. It's yeah. really good. We'll it's have the you same back. producer. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. That did Kronk. Neil Vogelson. So that's Neil. Neil yeah, yes. so Neil is, Neil is my ex, and so that's the connection. Oh, yeah. Neil, same Neil. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he plays bass in Valley Queen. He's the one from... That I had known since uh, Loyal and Marymount days. And then um, that's how I met Emily. Mm-hmm. 
I moved to LA and then basically eventually like a year later we got this we all started living in this house in uh, Highland Park that's amazing it's like a, the crappiest mansion <laughs> you, you ever Still it was mansion? wild. It's a, it's a mansion, but it's like a shit mansion. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's like crumbling, but it's amazing. The we Literally, found this place on Craigslist. It's like we have a song on the album about it, Craigslist Miracle. Yeah. That's oh, about the house. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's about the house. That's about the house. It was just a magical a title, place. Just yeah. A title so yeah, it was, it was like a Craigslist Miracle. Yeah, it's falling Super apart. Super cheap rent, like huge. It was amazing. It was we had really great times there. Oh, that, that, that's amazing. So you started the band after you moved in all together? Yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, well, it was like a continuation. So I had a project called Velvet that I started in like 2015 or 16, I think. Um, and so that band was really just me for a while with like a rotating cast of kind of like hired guns uh-huh. playing my songs. And then we started playing together and it became more collaborative as we went on and the band kind of stopped rotating and it kind of stayed the same people or wait we recorded well we recorded the album for the ep before you were in it but you helped write you on the fly with us yeah yeah it was in like a middle yeah so it just started to become kind of more like a band Mm -hmm. rather than my project and so we recorded an ep that um uh so Drown the Fly? Drown the Fly was on there um, with some other songs that were kind of like left over from Velvet, but Drown the Fly was the first song that was oh, yeah. really like the band. It was the, the first band. single that you put yeah. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was the song that was kind of the first where it was like the four of us with our, we had a, a fourth member at one point, Peter, who um, it was, so that was like the first song that we kind of really all wrote together. Um, and then when the time when it came time to put the EP out, we had been playing shows together as the four of us for a while, and we just kind of decided it was its own new thing. It wasn't Velvet anymore. And the sound started to change, and it was just very much a band at that point rather than me plus some musicians. So mm-hmm. evolved. Um, it evolved yeah. into a different thing. So we changed the name to Cosmo Gold, um, and yeah, that was 2019. But Cosmo Gold, it's still you. Well, Cosmic Gold so is... So there is a funny... Yeah, it really so, is. <laughs> it is. It is. It's almost an alter ego that we've all kind of taken on. But yeah, so my last name's My name is Emily Gold. And um, when I was... Uh, when my mom was pregnant with me, my dad wanted to name me Cosmo if I was a boy. Because um, my dad was like obsessed with space. And my mom would have never allowed it anyways. But she wanted to name me Josh. But um, he wanted to name me Cosmo. So... Um, we kind of like had a million different names, like pretty bad band names that we tried on yeah. and um, eventually... Well, we picked one and then we were like, no, no, actually, yeah. let's do Cosmo. Was Major Large back? No. Major Large wasn't that's, bad. That's but retired. Honestly, know. Major Large is better than what we had on there. Um, Jump Suite, was that the one that we almost chose? Oh, that was nice. one of them. Yeah. Jump Street was one of them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Paul Clausinge. Anyways, I won't bore you with the details. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, that's the kind of details I love. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyways, that's that's the story behind Cosmo Gold, but I feel like it's become like more than like just like a name. It kind of like has like this alter yeah. ego, this kind of like spacey kind of otherworldly alter ego that we've all kind of taken on yeah i like that and yeah you really embraced that all you know that image of space and 
yeah, alternate universes and we're leaning into it. <laughs> and it traces back to your dad, like you said, that was yeah. love the space and like he was a, he was a uf- ufologist. He was a ufologist. Yeah. Like he was or studying. aspiring. I don't know that <laughs> exactly where it would stage. Doesn't it go further than that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So film? I yeah we actually um used as props in one of the music videos there. I got these magazines from these like pamphlets like about ufos and kind of like uh like um oh what's the word i'm looking for just kind of like metaphysical stuff in general like there's all these pamphlets that i got from my i believe my great grandmother on my dad's side um they're old they're they must be from like the the 40s 40s. yeah Yeah. they're really old and (laughs) they're props in the tough stuff video actually you see the alien the gold gold men gold odds we're calling them uh reading those um so these came from my great grandmother who was really into um just like metaphysical stuff in general which at that time like women weren't really people in general weren't super into that stuff as far as i know especially women so i think she also kind of lost her mind a little bit um but anyways yeah so it the fascination with aliens and space and just kind of like the unknown is a bit of like a family tradition and you've been kidnapped yourself we were kidnapped earlier this year yeah so now we're back to tell the tale can you tell us about that traumatic story <laughs> <laughs> kidnapping yeah uh, well it happened during the pandemic by a group of <laughs> pyramid dwellers because you stumbled on their secrets of uh, ancient universe is that correct yeah that it's is correct, correct. Yeah. yeah it's hard so. to talk about but uh like we can do it what can you say about this <laughs> well <laughs> i think what we uh the most important lesson that we learned and what we aim to um the message we were instructed to share with everyone is to embrace doubt because uh, you know, you can follow, you can follow your intuition, but sometimes your intuition is actually your ego, and it's important to sometimes live within the unknown for a second while you figure it out. Doubt. Doubt. Is, doubt is as the, a virtue. Uh, doubt as a virtue. Yes. Thank you for correcting my pronunciation. <laughs> it's funny because it reminds me of the opposite of the what's happening on Earth right now. You know, <laughs> like people full of egos, like oh, stating yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Confidence. Every confidence is is a positive thing, of course. But um, you know, when it's all confidence and no one's taking a second to think about what they're saying, sometimes that <laughs> is a problem. Yes, and I think it's. Uh, I actually like uh, read about this in one of your interviews and I was really really uh, fascinated by this being the core message of the album and I'm being serious right now (laughs) (laughs) because it is highly philosophical for me and that's Mm -hmm. the core virtue of philosophy when you think about it you need to start doubting about everything I guess that's what René Descartes the French philosopher did uh, when he like uh, started doubting about the whole world and everything around and started building his knowledge again based on doubt mm-hmm. but you can trace this back to I'm a major in philosophy so I'm oh, just cool. showing off right now <laughs> 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 to uh, <laughs> the antiquity with the you know the the first philosophers that we have writing up they were like the skeptics skeptist mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that in English actually I never I'm realizing I never skeptics skeptics, skeptics. yeah skeptics, skeptics. <laughs> I had to think about it and also this made me think uh, of uh, 
because you said it you said it's the, the, the album explores the theme of extreme relativism mm -hmm. so i wanted you to elaborate on that because i think it's tied to the idea of doubt yeah well, definitely i mean i think that's just more like for me I've, i think i've always been interested in writing songs about um kind of like the in-between of moments and feelings and um i think when you do that like when you really observe like rather than just like this happened or like i felt this or you know very kind of like the a point and the b point of a moment or a feeling like when you live in that middle ground like you see that like no kind of feeling or situation is necessarily like better or worse than the other it's all just kind of like part of like the human experience um and so i mean perspective yeah so i just mean relative relativism in the sense that like um kind of just like holding like experiences or or feelings like without judgment mm -hmm. um and not assigning like this is good or this is bad to those things and so like i think krong the whole essence of krong is kind of very zen in that way where it's kind of just like not um not having like attachment to feelings really yeah that's a good message for nowadays world i would say <laughs> like um yeah because we can say every day in the news like people are being uh, they they have feelings and suddenly it's it becomes like uh, solid as yeah like it's fact yeah but fact. yeah and feelings and not that you know feelings are bad or that intuition is bad or anything like that it's more just about like yeah like questioning and questioning reality and questioning yourself, yourself. Yeah. distancing yourself from your emotion just to make sure yeah just to make sure you feel that way because <laughs> yeah. sometimes you sometimes i mean i personally get I can be very easily triggered and like, you know, the whole, um, Krong was really sparked by that, by a situation where I was like really triggered and I really committed to a feeling that ended up, it was, my feeling was correct in the end actually, but like <laughs> I went through a lot of like, um, but it wasn't, you know, almost worth the collateral damage of really committing to that feeling, which was anger um and you know then also committing to the feeling of like when i was felt bad about getting angry and then i was like oh i'm so sorry and then committing mm -hmm. to that feeling because then mm -hmm. i also didn't really believe in that when all was said and done so it's just about kind of like yeah taking a taking a beat and yeah. observing yourself objectively you know yeah because when you trigger and if you react in the moment you're you, you're a vision of what's happening can be blurry by yeah. the, the feeling and then the mm -hmm. taking a little bit of distance to it I, mean, I know it's easy to say that yeah but just I mean. sometimes just time will help like uh, like distance yourself from mm -hmm. that and then when the emotions are tar start to fade a little bit you mm -hmm. have a clearer vision I guess maybe. yeah yeah the lot the the hook in Krong is it's a passing feeling and it's yeah. the whole idea of like watching feelings go by like clouds like that's something you're taught in like um therapy like if you have anxiety like me you know you're taught to like view your emotions as clouds that are going by like there might be a big scary gray cloud that goes by but it doesn't mean that it's you know i can relate it's gonna to pass a lot because <laughs> I, i used to suffer from severe panic attacks panic mm, attacks yeah and in this moment when 
this this thing is happening. It was like it's really like that. What you just described. It's a cloud. It's fog. Brain mm-hmm. fog. And it's yeah. hard to see outside of it. Yeah, and you know, you're like uh, like lost and confused in that moment, and you cannot think about anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just uh, yeah, like you said, you have to learn to be zen and relax <laughs> yeah. and distance yourself. From trying. It's all. It's a nonstop kind of <laughs> process, but yeah, trying. So ancient aliens taught you how to distance yourself from the yeah. emotions. Exactly. Nice. nice. <laughs> so you got to listen to the album to get uh, the recipe. It works. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us about uh, how this whole record started and what was the process and uh, and um, yeah, how did you start working? Because it, so first song 2019, then re- the first EP 2019, but mm-hmm. uh, and then it took a while to to get to today. Yeah. So what happened? Well, I mean, we were working on it, but like pretty much immediately, like we wrote Craigslist Miracle, for example, like in the summer of 2019. So some of these songs are really, yeah. I mean, what happened is the, really the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, pandemic happened. Happened. Yeah, what happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, some of the, what, the Craigslist, Krong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they we played all, all those songs in 2019 at a show. Yeah, we played those. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. They were all kind of different, though. Mm-hmm. We had a bit of a different And actually, I saw about it. a yeah. live performance that you put on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Crown Begins. Yeah, Crown Begins. Yes. Some of the songs were on the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that we, that we we made that, I mean, pretty much during the lockdown. So that was early 2020. We were pretty well into working on the record. We probably had more, more than half of the songs written by then. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, you know, we were trying to do these pandemic zoom concerts i know uh, <laughs> shout out to jam kazam oh god uh, which is a, It, we, a program that a we weren't able very to figure it out old man tried to get us to use to to stream a concert uh, anyway horrible i'm so glad we have real concerts again yeah same. Um, so we were doing these for a little bit instagram lives we did a little tiny desk thing that we tried to do um anyway the 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 main event was this krong begins we filmed it in our backyard at this at the mansion at the yeah. mansion and everyone in there were housemates well, except oh. our bass player but everyone singing yeah, yeah we, oh yeah that was the house yeah we had background oh singers were our, our roommates yeah. oh, and that's so cool. uh, the yeah. producer neil was yeah, uh recording, recording it. it in his little hut in the back of the house yeah, that he a had a little hut. recording booth <laughs> And engage everyone to go see that performance. It was pretty cool. And yeah. Emily, you, you edited it. I did. In a way that's really fun. Yeah, I really lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had a lot well, of time. I had the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> and that was kind of the start of your editing yeah. journey. Because now oh. Emily has made all of our music videos so mm-hmm. far uh, during this crown cycle. And they're pretty cool. And Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that all was, I taught myself to edit and, yeah. with Crown Begins. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, you directed every video and they're mm-hmm. so like DIY and I love it. Like, Thanks. like you built a little TV set and then there's you inside like a flying saucer, <laughs> like going through the, yeah. the, the clouds and it's... Yeah, I made like a mini set. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Do you know uh, Michel Gondry, the director? I don't. I, it sounds French familiar. The director but... is... Oh, maybe I should say it with the uh, English accent. Uh-huh. Michel Gondry. <laughs> <laughs> He made a few movies that are 
quite famous in uh, like uh, Be Kind Rewind or okay. music videos for the oh, White yeah. Stripes, you know, like uh, yeah. very creative videos like uh, with, the, with the kick, like that, that's uh, going on. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So, oh, that's cool. Which one? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, about that of course. Yeah. Yes. That's a great film. So yeah. I had that vibe of Michel Gondry when I watch your videos. Because cool. like, you can tell, it. you know, you're not trying to hide that it's like hearts and craft in a way. Yeah. And then that's what I love about <laughs> it. Because it, like, yeah, it's yeah. very like Plan 9 yeah. from Outer Space, like shitty yeah. sci-fi. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's gonna look shitty because I'm making it myself, so I'm gonna lean into how shitty it looks. And that's the beauty of it, because yeah. it, the emotions I got watching your music videos is like when you're a child and you're building your own universes in yes. your head. And I think that's, that is That's literally the like of, the essence of making this album. Like that's, you nailed it on the head, like in terms of what it was like, like when we started making the pandemic and then like, I always say like, we just like yes anded each other. Like we kept being like, like, you know, when you like are a kid and you like tell a story that you just mm -hmm. like make up as you go along, like that was how we made this yeah. album. Like we kept That's just being exactly, like, well, yeah, that was exactly, yeah. We were just like, well, what if like then Krong goes to like, there's like a rainforest part of Krong and what would that sound like? <laughs> and like, you know, and we're just like, no idea was about it. Like we explored all the ideas. Oh, so you tied the music to the story. The visuals, yeah. yeah. Pretty much right away, even though like none of the songs are explicitly about like, we're traveling to space now and mm. there's aliens, like they all centered around this theme of like embracing doubt and then we were just kind of playing make-believe like we were kids. Like it really, like I haven't felt that kind of like creative freedom since I was a kid, honestly. Like it was so fun and so easy, mm -hmm. but we never like any point were like, we're gonna write a concept album. It just kind of happened as we were making it, and we kept being like creating all these like different characters. Like we were just telling the story as we went along, and like that's literally how we made it. And then the visual stuff happened as we were making it, and then I think I've been attempting to recreate like that stuff in the videos like after the fact. Mm. Oh, that's amazing! And the result is a colorful album. So another you know tied to childhood. Thank you. But that's really the feeling like. The, the candor in a way mm -hmm. naivety but in a good way yeah like that but it's not a Curiosity. simple it's not a simple album because the music and uh, uh, especially the drumming is fucking amazing yeah it's true <laughs> I would say I don't know if you would agree with that but the drums are the main instruments in this record that's what I felt when I was listening to it and I really wanted to congrat congratulate you all in like incorporating that and making such an interesting music even though it's still pop and catchy mm -hmm. and uh, like uh, accessible to everyone. But at the same time, I felt like um, listening to, uh, it's different, but the same feeling uh, King Gizzard and uh, Lizard mm. Wizard, like the sense of freedom and creativity that's flowing. Yeah. It's, I think they've done like their, they just released their 23rd record. Yeah. So I think yeah. you could do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, Mike really went crazy on some of those songs <laughs> on the drums. Like, yeah, we, some really, yeah, some really. I got some good videos of him just absolutely shredding. The studio. <laughs> what are you incorporating in your music? What? Because I, I had a hard time like comparing to any other like uh, music that I listened to. Mm -hmm. I thought about stuff. I thought about kind of a newer version of uh, Bjork. You know, kind of. Cool. Like, I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but 
that the kind of artist that came to mind when I was listening to your record, oh, and also the French band Air. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we love Air. We, that's so the, I think I that was definitely one of ours. Yeah, uh, a mix of Bjork and Air. So <laughs> that's what I, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of influences. Yeah, we we definitely didn't try to like limit to one certain style. I mean. I think we had, you know, songs that we were like, this is like a Strokes song, or like, mm-hmm. this is like a, yeah, like Steel, Air. We have or, a Steely Dan moment. Uh, in yeah, there. we wanted to Steely do Dan like moments. a 70s studio, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Like song. You said, uh, moments. Yeah, yeah, even like we wanted to do like almost like a electronic like breakbeat uh-huh. style mm-hmm. music we wanted to do you know Sylvanesso like more contemporary contemporary kind of. synth driven um yeah and that yeah, last everything. song with the like pian- epic piano yeah, yeah. It, that was our Steely Dan song yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul Schaefer, Schaefer yeah. the, I know him for being on Letterman mm-hmm. like yeah music guy how, yeah. how did that happen by the way <laughs> So, uh, so Paul Schaefer, um, I knew him because of my dad, they were friends and, um, but I hadn't, we, we had, they were pretty close with us growing up in Connecticut cause they lived on the East coast and, um, I hadn't really talked to him for a while and then we were just sitting around like, I wrote the song on piano and I had only just started playing piano at the time and, um, we were like, well maybe for this song we should get someone who's like really kind of like a virtuoso someone who's like really gonna like they were like emily you're fine but like let's get a real <laughs> let's get a real piano player and so we're like who's the best piano player we know and so we're just sitting and i was like well technically like the best piano player i know is paul schaefer <laughs> and we That's were so all cool. just thinking that it was really funny like let's just hit him up because like he yeah, probably I mean, won't it was, do it. It was a joke. It was a joke. Like we were like <laughs> we were like, there's no way he'll do this. But um he got back within like twenty four hours and was like, I would love to do it. <laughs> and he was so cool and it was great because he actually kind of like um we kind of reconnected like our family, so oh, nice. um yeah, so we've our parent like my mom and um his wife and um we've been hanging out more and so it was kind of like That's a so nice cool. reconnection. Um but yeah, it was really um, like a one a once in a lifetime experience in the studio with him. I mean, he's just like he came in and like brilliant listened yeah. one time to the song and then just like oh, did no. his thing. And it was like he was playing things that I would have never imagined. Like it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. Um, and so that was like a really really cool moment wow. for us. This Tilly Dan song. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the idea. It was a song that was so kind of. I specifically wrote it in a style that I was like, this could be like a song, like a 70, like my dad, like it was kind Mm -hmm. of like an homage to my dad. Um, And I was like, so maybe what we should do is like try to get someone from one of his, um, you know, uh, peers to plan it. That's amazing. That's amazing. You you paid an amazing tribute to your dad with that whole... Thank record you. and the sci-fi odyssey <laughs> thank you yeah i felt like i channeled it. he he passed away i don't know if you knew that but he uh passed away so it definitely felt like there was some channeling going on uh with all that i felt him a lot in the recording process i think i think it's a beautiful thing that you you guys have, have made so uh, congratulations again on this record and thank uh, you and you should also um this probably the podcast will be out after 
this, yes. but this Sunday you should come to our Krongoween party. Yes, we so, have like a... Tell me about that. <laughs> about Krongoween. <laughs> I, I know we're going to air this after, but uh-huh. can you explain? Because I, I read it's like immersive experience. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? So, yeah, I mean, we just wanted to... Um, so it's a listening party. The album's not out till November 11th, but this is just... We're going to play it um, ahead of time for people to... Permanent Record Roadhouse. At Permanent Records Roadhouse, and um, basically, it's gonna be just like you'll be able to kind of walk through Krong. Like there'll be a vi- oh. there'll be a light show. There's gonna be a visual. I made a video that kind of like runs through it. It's almost like an art show of Krong. Basically, there's like a portal. You walk into another dimension. Yeah. It's gonna be sick. I mean, so throughout this process, yeah, we've made a lot of kind of silly little bits of this world like we have a commercial we have a we have a phone line that you can call up oh wow Um, we have a what else did we do wait we should say what the phone number is because no one calls it because they don't every time people see it they're like is that a real phone number I'm like yes call it let's see what happens can I call it now wait you should call it actually Uh, can I call it now (laughs) yeah um, during the podcast I think you should let's go Um, it's it's on your Instagram yeah it's 51090 krong Okay, let me do that. It's just a Google number that they <laughs> five one zero. No, it's legit. Yeah. Five one zero. No, it's a real number. Google numbers, it's real. <laughs> what Na- is it? Nine o krong. Nine o krong. K r o n g krong. You made the idea wrong. Five one zero nine o krong. I think I did that. I think it takes a second. I'm tired of this world. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Mike and Emily, is there anything you want to add? No, yes. I think we'd want to plug our show again. It's an album oh, release yeah. show. The album comes out November 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can stream it everywhere. Um, we also have a vinyl pre-sale. Nice. Uh, the vinyl is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. going to be really cool, but... We can't make it until we get some pre-sales, so uh, yeah, we can't afford go it on until um, order our Bandcamp, and you can find that. All right, yeah. that's pretty cool. Well, thank you so much, and um, thank you. now we're going to be uh, listening to you live, because you're going to perform a song for us. Yes. And what's the song? Krong. Krong, of course. What yeah. else? <laughs> so we're going to play Krong, the stripped-down version of it, and what song of the album can we add in at the end of the podcast um should it be the same song is that no, weird no. Or? well you can Whatever. i mean i like that one what do you think should we do so- 
it would be cool because then we got the stripped down version, then we got the you the know hyped up version. Let's double, do yeah, double sure. pronged. That's double cool. pronged. Double pronged. Right now, <laughs> I'm hanging out sunset. Once for the healing twice 
Alright, stay with us now because we have a double dose of Kronk. You're going to be able to listen to the studio version now so you can compare it and see the real musicianship that lies behind the band Cosmo Gold. So here it is, Kronk again, the album version.